Hey, podcast friends. If you love our podcast and want to help support us to continue making cool shit, consider joining our Patreon community. Get early access to each episode, a monthly hangout on Zoom, custom answers to your questions in exclusive Patreon videos, and much, much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash conversations with creators to become a patron today. Your support means the world to us. Now on to the episode. The primary relationship you have with fear is not learning to manage it and to cope with it. It's to listen to it. Right. Your friend, it's your advisor. If I'm exhausted and depressed, it's like, well, what have I been eating lately? How much have I been exercising? What am I doing the things that I know help to battle to, to make me feel better? The pain is paired with it. It's kind of, I see it as like, you know, like a mafia style. It's like the muscle. It's, it gives you the energy and motivation for you to listen to that communication. And I think mm-hmm. that's exactly what you said in your life, that you said that you felt like the pain got you to take action in your life. Hey, quick question before we get started. Would you like to win a free piece of clothing from Snowman Films and a 30-minute chat about your creative journey with me? I know that I would love to connect with you, and I know that I would have loved to talk with somebody who had experienced a similar path when I was getting started. So let's make it happen. Here's what you need to do. Subscribe to the Conversations with Creators podcast, rate and review and share it in just five easy steps. First, write a review on your preferred podcasting platform and rate it. Five stars for good karma. Then, screenshot your review and share it on social media, tagging Snowman Films. Each month, I'll select one random winner to receive a free piece of clothing from our store and a 30-minute virtual coaching call with me. Again, subscribe, write a review, rate the show, screenshot that review, share it on social media tagging Snowman Films, and get entered into a drawing for that one-on-one virtual session with me and some free swag. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave me a review. I really appreciate you, and I'm excited to see you in our one-on-one virtual call soon. Now, let's dive into today's episode. So the big question is this. How are creators like us, who aren't built for the 9 to 5, for the people who put their passion before them being comfortable? How do we turn that passion into a living that pays the bills and a life that we love? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. My name is Noah Mittman, and welcome to Conversations with Creators. I'm super excited today to have Benson Fox on the show. He is a certified transformation coach and crisis counselor. He has a uh, minor in psychology uh, and is currently a doctoral student in psychology uh, at Adelphi University and a therapist extern at, at Brooklyn. So, man, you have a bunch of school under your belt, and I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah, me too. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So yeah, we're talking about fear and basically our relation to it, our relationship with it, and which is, is I know, something that just so many people, especially right now and in the entrepreneur space uh, and in just the general living space, um, are it's, it's top of mind for everybody. So um, first of all, how... Did you get into all this? Uh, did it start from childhood? Like, what got you interested in this, in, in what you're doing? Uh, great question. So I started out in eighth grade, actually. I was reading, like, you know, some, like, populist psychology books, like Dale Carnegie, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People, yeah. The Seven Steps to Highly Successful People, Stephen Covey. 
Um, I read this book, How to Have Confidence and Power in Dealing with People, Les Gimlin. So I was very into psychology, really young, um, but I didn't really understand it to, um, to you know in a deeper way until I went through the things myself. Um, so when I was about like 19, 20 years old, there was a big scandal in our community that shook me to my core. Mm. And then it kind of brought up a lot of other certain family dynamics, certain um, things that needed to be sorted and things I didn't process. And that's when, through my own process, that's what led me to then want to include others in my process as well, to help others with, with parallel challenges and to give them over the tools that worked for me. Yeah, that's awesome. No, so, I mean, it's not, it's, it was born out of your life and what you were, you know, how you worked with kind of the things that had happened that you needed to work through. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't like a theoretical modality. This is my life and these, uh, this is my client's lives. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, what, so it sounds to, it sounds like the end goal for here for you is to be a therapist. Yeah. Yes. Nice. So let's, so let's, I mean, let's dive right into it. Like what I'm interested to hear kind of your opinion on our relationships with fear. There's this vilification, the adversarial relationship with fear, where you're looking to conquer it, to overcome it, to move past it, to put, you know, um, so that's, that's a negative relationship. Um, and the way people talk about it is that you have an anxiety attack, which means that anxiety is attacking you, right? Right. Um, or like just the way people talk about it, you, you have anxiety. It's like you have cancer, you have COVID and you have anxiety. It's, it's another, it's another condition that you have. So I, that's not my approach and that's not my modality. There is a need to be able to learn how to cope and function, even if you have fear in your life and too much fear cannot be a, a good thing if it's interfering with that. And there needs to be a balance. Right. However, the primary relationship you have with fear is not learning to manage it and to cope with it. It's to listen to it. Right. Your friend, it's your advisor. It's the one that's like the scariest place to go. It's like, all right, it's literally like live in that crappy, shitty feeling that is terrifying and just be with it. That's kind of, I mean, it's how Batman started, right? Yeah. Yeah. You just got to listen. It's, it's, People see it as like, if I listen to it too much, then it might overwhelm me. Right. It can happen. But, but then you learn there, there, there are coping schools for that. But for separately is you need to learn how to see it as, as a positive thing. Your emotions are the source of your rationality, not your, the things that make you irrational. Right. The way you become to a rational decision is by listening to as many of them as you can. The way you balance out one voice is fully listen to it and then listen to the rest of your voices inside of you realizing yeah. that every single one of them is your friend. There's no evil voice. There's no imbalanced voice. Any voice in isolation is an imbalanced voice, whether it's a positive or negative emotion. Right. And that's, I mean, that's, I think, a huge thing is it? it's, you know, especially with, I think there's, you know, with the the rise of kind of anxiety, depression, man, that, that those, you know, negative thoughts, negative voices are, you know, definitely getting louder. So knowing that it's, just a relationship. It's not a bad, like there's no, it's because it feels like that negative thing. It feels like that monster that is, you know, terrifying to you. But I think, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've had a fair, you know, big battle with this this year, honestly, is, you know, just with stress and all that, it's like realizing that, okay, that's just a thought. That's not how I actually feel. And 
this is a, I think even like seeing the feeling of fear and like a, a really good exercise that helped me kind of get past the dark place was just to notice the feeling and like isolate the feeling, like point it out on where it was on my body and literally just doing that and understanding where it was. And then it was just a feeling, not that I attached thoughts to, but just that it was a feeling, um, helped a ton. Yeah. The, the acronym I like to give my clients is NASRI. Notice it, accept it, sit with it, respect it, integrate it. Yeah. Um, and people like to skip to the stage of integration where the meaning that's like decision, that's the decision time, but that doesn't work. You need a, in order to integrate it into a decision, you first need to fully listen to what it's saying. You need to first acknowledge that it exists. Yeah. Um, and then come to value it for what it is. See what it's saying is something useful to you. And right. I, and I like to make the following distinction because this is where um, people could could build a distrust towards this, as you said, the monster, um, which is your friend. Yeah. They, they think that you need to listen to exactly what it's saying or you don't listen to what it's saying at all. Um, and there's this idea of a compromise between the different voices inside of you. But there's also a separate point of listening to its underlying needs that it's trying to address. So right. if your fear is telling you stay home because COVID's everywhere, you know, forever. And so you're like, okay, I don't listen to that. The other side to that is is, is just set, trying to say, stay safe, protect yourself, make sure that you're taking um, good measures in your life to to be protected. Yeah. And that, and that need does need to be addressed, even if you don't listen to the direct advice of what that fear would be telling you to do. No, hundred percent. And I mean, I think that's, that's such an important distinction to make that whatever the fear is it's trying to help you in something it's trying to point out that because it's it's the, it's the fight or flight it's the survival um and and not getting scared just because it feel it's uncomfortable i think i think that's a big thing is is being comfortable with discomfort because that's something that's so much in the in the entrepreneur journey of like you're you know you're choosing not a comfortable life you're choosing a roller coaster life. And so there's going to be times that are more stressful than what, you know, your normal people go through, quote unquote. But being able to like live in that and be comfortable with it and see what it has to teach you. I think that, I mean, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. I think also sometimes to trust your discomfort. See, I think every voice is going to be a good one. So right. I think. If you're feeling uncomfortable about it, it means it's unfamiliar and it's new territory, which means more threats, more instability, right? Which threatens your survival, which could disrupt your current status quo, which is at least worked enough for you to make you live until today and gave you whatever right. benefits you have of your current lifestyle. So discomfort is going to make sure it's going to be the voice that will communicate to you that don't move to let's take one step out of our comfort zone, not a mile out, a yeah. mile out. This way, if we move out of the comfort zone and it gets dangerous, we could just step back in, back to the current working um, homeostasis. Yeah, so I think so. There is get comfortable with your discomfort, but that's like the one or two steps out, not the mile out. Correct. Yeah. yeah. What are I mean, what are some like, especially with the I mean, a lot of this, I think, is stress based. Um, what are some like actionable things that, you know, in in making friends with that fear uh, like exercises that you can give people to like get out of the, you know, this is take, this is controlling my life and I can't get anything done. And I'm just like in this spiral down. Yeah. 
So there, there always needs to be a parallel process between managing slash coping and processing, which means just listening to what your friend fear, listen to his listening to his advice or listening to every voice inside of you. This the voice right. of discomfort, the voice of pleasure. Um, so there's always two paths. Sometimes people are too overwhelmed. They're too, there's basically there there's too much pain from all these emotions on the surface that kind of freezes the process of processing our, our emotions, in which case what needs to be done to be able to go into that in that direction is to, you know, go to behavioral and cognitive strategies, meaning mm. so some of them will be um, deep breathing. I say four, 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 you know, four through your nose, hold your breath four seconds for breathing out through your mouth. Yeah. Um, or um, relax muscle relaxation exercises, progressive going from from different like stressing certain parts of your body, then releasing going through your entire body, very somatic. Um, and then um, or going for a run, you know, doing something to kind of move around, shock your body out of that pain state. The exercise thing has been huge for me. Um, you know, yeah, I, that was that was something that really, again, it's not the f- most fun thing to do, but like once you see the results of what it does, of like getting moving and like, I just do it first thing in the morning, which I'm up at five, so it's rough. But like, wow. as soon as I'm five minutes into it, the tired is gone and I'm ready to work. And it's like, I have, I consistently have, much better days after I've worked out right first thing in the morning. That's and, awesome. and, and just cardio, just like just getting sweating, getting getting the heart pumping. Yeah, research says that that doing that on a daily basis, fifteen minutes to half an hour, yeah. uh, three to five times a week of of cardio that has the equivalent of only the positives, meaning not without the side effects of an SSRI, um, so meaning an antidepressant, anti-anxiety yeah. medication. Oh my god, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I was on um I was on antidepressants for years. Yeah. Uh I have I have ADHD as well. So I was on like Concerta and just different stuff. And I'm so anti meds at this point because it just either the side effects are not worth what it's helping you with. Like, you know, if I was on depression meds, then my appetite would be gone and I would feel like a zombie. Um yeah. and no, but that's so cool that like literally because I do I half hours a lot um for me just with like like mentally like giving to that but like anything like I started with 20 minutes and I'm at a 25 somewhere in there essentially you're saying doing that daily is the same effect on your body as taking antidepressant pills um yeah be- better effect a better effect because that's awesome that. yeah yeah exactly that's so much healthier and like you mix that with diet and like maybe a little meditation. I could do like, you know, three to five minutes of meditation after my workout. And man, I am like, my wife can tell you, my mom can tell you who I'm, who I, uh, I'm, I'm at her house right now. She watches the kids. Um, it, it just, it's, I'm a different person. I, I actually am more my, I'm myself. I'm not in this, you know, darkness of judgment and depression. Like just, you know, those days when you can't get motivated, like it's crazy how the motivation, which I think is also kind of a loaded word. Uh, I really like discipline more because that's really what it is day in and day out. But, uh, it's hard. It's, it's when the motivation's not there is when the discipline kicks in. But man, if you don't have your chemicals on lock with, you know, exercise and eating right and feeling good, uh, that discipline's hard to stick to. Yes. Yes. And so just going back to the answer, your original question, yeah, like, how do you make it your friend? 
the first thing is you can't be buried under like you can't be swamped and inundated with the negativity and pain to process. If you're in that state, you're you're frozen. Yeah. So what you need to do is exercise, maybe medication, but but do these like coping different strategies and techniques to yeah, yeah. cope. Yeah. You have to have you like don't just live in it. You have to like work to cope with it and work to get out of that. But once you're out of that, meaning once you're out of that, like that place where you're like, you're buried underground, then the way you would make someone your friend is I say nasty. So notice it, meaning just see that it's there. Okay. I have the voice. I'm there's fear there. Accept it because the first gut response is to repress and deny it, which you should do at times, times that's appropriate. But if you're learning to how to make it your friend, that's not the step to take. Right. You, You accept it. Okay. It's there. Then S is sit with it, meaning just listen. How long she listen for as long as long as it takes for it to stop talking. Yeah. Um, it will keep on talking to you until you go to the R. So NAS, so notice, accept it, respect, meaning see what it's saying as useful. Yeah. And then no, and I think I think that that too, like because it, it it appears so much at the surface level that thoughts like that are not helping you. Like it's, it's, you know, talking about your fears. It's talking about, you know, the stuff that you're stressed about. It's saying you're not enough. But I think uh, even just the question is, I mean, I, the, the, from my work on this myself, um, going through this stuff, not the education side, that's, <laughs> um, but my, in practice uh, is really just been like, does this thought, does this feeling serve me? and what I, what I know that I want. Um, and if it doesn't realizing that, you know, it can get quieter just by like, whether you take it really like sitting with it and seeing what it is, but then like, Oh, this is not a serving thought. This is just a a thought that is just my mind going. Got it. So I disagree with that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I think that there's no thought that that's just your mind going. Every single thought is relevant, useful, rational. Okay. It's useful and rational to, for the need that it's advocating for. Hmm. So that's not a holistic decision. The way you make a holistic decision is integrate. That's like Nasri, the end, the I is to integrate it, which means that you need to then listen to it alongside with all the other voices. And those hmm. other voices will balance it out and help you come to a rational decision. I like to say an emotional decision is listening to one emotion, which means that emotion is fully and rationally addressing its need. And a rational decision, which is, is an integrative decision. Yeah, like that. Is 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 the ability is taking in all of your emotions, meaning yeah. the source of your rationality is from a series of listening to all of all of your emotions that balance each other's out each of their needs. Yeah, it's like it reminds me of the yin yang, uh, which I have tattooed on my back because nice. that that balance of like you're right, like listening to everything and realizing that there's always going to be good, there's always going to be bad, there's always going to be light, there's always going to be dark. And how they're working together to make you who you are and move forward with that. But like, no, I think you're totally right. It's it's when I was able to get past the dark stuff was when I really traveled down into it. I was, you know, I mean, again, like the, the dark night comes up for me, like the, you know, Batman sitting or Bruce, he's sitting in, in, in being surrounded by bats, just like living with his fear. And that yeah. is really it's a scary fucking place to go to. But that's really like how you get through it and how you move forward is just being like, okay, this is what it feels like. This is, you know, live in like, go, go follow this all the way down the rabbit hole of what, where it's trying to take you and see what you can learn from it. Yeah. 
And that's, I mean, that's, I would even, I mean, that's interesting too. Like if that's a really scary or daunting thing to think about for the audience, like that's where your support system comes in. That's where having somebody to talk to and having, whether it's a therapist, whether it's family, whether it, you know, have being able to like cross transformation coach, transformation coach. There you go. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you know, especially if it's, if it, you're having a really rough time with it, um, you know, like my, my, the person that I go to talk to with, with a lot of the stuff is my wife. Um, and just, you know, getting, getting the stuff processed, get figuring out, you know, what is trying to tell me and, and how I think for me too, it's like really figuring out actionable steps to move forward in where in the, in the ways that I want to move forward. So, you know, if I'm exhausted and depressed, it's like, well, what have I been eating lately? How much have I been exercising? What am I doing? The things that I know help to battle to to make me feel better. Yeah, and just yeah, and, and sometimes the answer is no, and that's like, oh, right, I haven't worked out in two weeks. No shit. Okay, duh. Yeah, what I love about what you're saying is that when people feel depressed, they see depression as a problem. What you're what you're telling me is that you're seeing depression as a communication. A communication and and it really a coping strategy that it's it's yeah. trying it's trying to cope with the fact that you're not taking care of yourself and you're in right. pain you're in a, you're in pain because of it now depression's trying to like it's like an anesthetic you like you take it and it like dulls everything you're like why am I dulled now oh it's because I'm in pain yeah. why am I pain? I'm not taking care of myself because I'm not listening to my emotions I'm being dumb and not doing the things that I know that help all right then just do the things that you know help <laughs> yeah totally totally. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, no, I, I love that. I love that kind of uh, looking at that relationship of not not that it's a a thing to fight against, but it's a communication. Yeah, it always everything we do is always a communication. Um, I'm informed also from a religious perspective that it's a, I have a trust in my human design. You know, it says in the back of my neck, you know, right next to the yin and yang, it says the made by God. You know, mm. meaning every part of us, it, I see it as like every part of us is like a knife set. Um, when you get a knife set, is, is it like, oh, it's everything can be used for good and bad. So that makes it neutral. No, it's a, it's a, it's a wedding present. <laughs> so you can set, <laughs> right. It's not neutral. It's, it's, it's a gift. You can misuse a gift for something that it was not intended to be used for. And that's, that doesn't make it neutral. It's still right. a gift. So I think every part of us, depression, anxiety, they're all communications. They all serve us and they could all be trusted. If they're happening for us, we could trust that they're they're meant to be there. They are not the problems. They are the, the coping to the problem. So they're warning us about a problem. The problem is that our needs are not being addressed or mm. being violated in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Or or we're not listening to our needs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our needs are not being addressed slash like you're making decisions that are against your needs and they're, they're communicating with you. It's like, Oh, like that's, I think that's really actually that's, that gets a good leader into the kind of the next thing of like with your client work, um, how has this kind of come up for people not to like break any confidentiality stuff, but like, where do you see this most commonly across the board and like in, in what applications and how they kind of, how have you helped them to be able to move past it? For sure, for sure. The way I see it is um, clients that deal with bullying when they're bullied when they were younger. Mm. 
is that there's a sense of pervasive internalized disempowerment. Basically, they, they don't for them it's not an option really to physically fight back. Hmm. What can happen because of that is they lose that voice, the voice that's like when someone gets in my face. They, you know, usually it's fight, flight, or freeze. For them, it's just freeze. That's the only option available to them because when they were in these power imbalances, that actually was the best response because fighting could have escalated and gotten them literally killed or mutilated in some way. Yeah. So freezing and just letting, receiving that denigration was the smartest choice. But what happens is over time, that part starts carrying so much pain and the part of, of empowerment that caused them even more pain becomes so laden with, with suffering that they they start missing that voice and yeah. and the approach is is that as we know coming to the best rational decisions means listening to every voice so if you're missing a voice what i help people do is bring that voice back bring that voice um back and that's through processing the experiences that that is um that's that it's laden with and also just through a reality check of of showing them how in current situations they're not it's still important to hear the voice of disempowerment, but that voice is not is not as dominant as it once was because this the environment, the situation has changed and it's not as necessary to to freeze in, in these current situations. And there may be a, a response that fits the current situation's needs in a better way through through physical, emotional empowerment. Yeah. No, I mean and, and I mean that's really I think the basis of like so much work on yourself is it stems from something from your childhood or from a traumatic experience at some point that then set itself to be part of your personality. Uh, I mean, I definitely, you know, I got, I didn't get physically bullied, but I got teased as a kid for sure a lot. And um, that's all, you know, there's always kind of this back of the mind, oh, I'm going to get left out of stuff. Uh like feeling that you know is something maybe i need to work through. i mean it's gotten better over time because i you know i'm usually kind of leading what's happening um but no i i definitely that that you know the negative stuff coming in at a young age really does uh it's you know it's it causes some some issues for sure yeah because what it causes is that you start missing some voices and certain voices become amplified and to, to a degree that doesn't meet what our current situation requires. So what ends up happening is let's say someone who's, let's say someone who in that situation could also live with incredible amounts of fear, but, and fear is a good, it's, it's like a early warning system. That's how I see it. Mm. Like it's like ring, ring doorbell on, you know, Amazon's ring thing. Yeah. Like it's, and it, and it tells you, so sometimes someone could walk by fast and it could be, it could ring in its alarm but that could be because it's it's in a hypersensitive mode because it's you've had 20 break-ins. So you put it all the way in the sensitivity scale. But now you move to a safer neighborhood and now you're you're ripped and you took MMA classes. So you don't need it to be so sensitive anymore. Yeah. Um, so just moving that sensitivity back, there needs to be some corrective experiences and um, processing work that needs to be done of those earlier experiences that helps bring that voice in in a way that is proportionate and appropriate for the current situation, for the current level of threat that you face, which it should go off, which yeah. it should go off for when that threat is, when you face that level of threat. I love that metaphor though, the dial of sensitivity of like the alarm systems, because that really, that feels like the, 
more realistic way that we all as humans work. It's not it's, it's not it's not a switch. It's a dial. It's small incremental change, not oh this is fixed now or this is not fixed. Um, yeah. That's that's really again it's it's everything's a process. Everything is a journey, and the fact that. Honestly, the fact that anybody's even thinking about starting this and getting to a better place and working on themselves like this uh, is just a testament to, you know, who they're trying to be and who they're trying to become. It's, you know, that level of self-improvement is uh, that just makes your life better no matter what. Yeah, I respect I respect people who do this work so much. Um, it's really I, I consider it. This is what life is. And some people do it and like kind of do it you know you order it, you can't avoid if you're living your life there's no way to avoid doing it to a certain degree but there are people who take it on as like a mission mm-hmm. and and do the the work that they do earlier on and and what that does is it doesn't there's something called intergenerational trauma and the man of work i heard this line that pain gets processed um pain gets passed down from generation to generation until one generation decides to experience it and mm. the, Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's not that my just, line. That that I got a little emotional on that. That's that's crazy. That is so true. Uh just from relationships that I've I've had in life and literally stuff when when like parents or grandparents or something don't process a certain way of being or way of treating people it totally gets passed down until you do until somebody has the courage to do the work on it. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's, but that's the danger when people only focus on the coping and managing, right? They're not practically fix it. They're still going to pass it to the, to the next, to to the next generations or to whoever, to whoever they happen to pass it to. And that's why you need them both. You need to process and to cope and manage. Yeah day to day you need both (laughs) wow that's that's great man that's so i mean you know call to action on that being you know if if you can be the one that does has the courage to do the work you can stop the negative or the things that you don't want to be a part of your life that you maybe had passed down to you uh you don't have to pass that on to your friends family kids whoever uh colleagues and if that, you know, if we can collectively start doing that, man, what the next generations look like is a lot healthier and happier. Yeah. And not to scare your audience too much, but maybe they should be a little scared. So we'll give them the right dose. I mean, yeah, look at where the fuck we are. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, the world is dying. Uh, before all the schools got shut down, there were school shootings every day. Like we're not in a good spot. And I think, you know, a fair amount of the stuff that's happening, you know, across all platforms, across everything is because of stuff that previous generations didn't deal with and didn't heal from and are passing down these beliefs and these ways of being that are just so unhealthy that it's fucking with our society as a whole and our world. Obviously, like, you know, we have, you know, the, the, global warming like this is that's that's from people just not accepting reality and not and pushing stuff off and and putting band-aids on something that's just bleeding like crazy like we need 
I think, and again, like the psychology thing, it's, it's, it comes down to how we feel day to day and what we are dealing with, what we're not dealing with and, um, incrementally getting better. And I mean, we need more than incremental change right now on this, but like, do you, is that kind of parallel for you? Like it does for me? You're saying in terms of like the world stage, how let's say ballooning spending and they, they don't care if they just spend yeah. whatever they want. And just now the next generation is going to be faced. Oh, here's the bill. $30 trillion. You right. know? Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of that where, where people, where we're looking to, we're focused on the short term um, yeah. in a way that's imbalanced with the long term. I think there's a, there is a certain degree that you, that the short term is meant to be prioritized of the long term, but to a certain degree, not. And a certain degree, your short term will suffer, and and there's a cost to pay in the short term for processing things. When you're processing something that day, that knocks the wind out of you, and it's hard and it hurts, and you're not gonna have as good of a day because of that. On the other hand, it's gonna be the best day of your life because um, if you're doing in the right doses, you can't overwhelm yourself, and if you're taking processing the pain and that's associated with these different negative negative emotions. Um, you will become a wise person. And I think mm-hmm. that, by the way, just to get totally off track, I think that's the source of wisdom. I think source of wisdom is our experiences. But the only way you're able to access the wisdom f- created from our experiences is the parts of us that get infused with the energy and purpose from those experiences if you process them, meaning to listen and receive their communications. Yeah. They're your advisors. The advisors inside of you, not outside of you, inside of you are the source of your wisdom. So when you have all these painful experiences, you have the opportunity to become such a wise person if you learn to process them in the right doses that you can handle them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. I, I love that idea of uh, it's it may be a shitty day, but it also may be the best day of your life. Like, yeah. I think that's a cool way to look at this kind of like diving into fear and pain and all that and like living with it is like, yes this is going to suck today, but imagine where you're going to be because of it in a month or a year. And the person you're going to be able to become because you're dealing with this today. Yeah. Or the, or, or the father or mother you're going to become. Yeah. The grandparent. Um, you don't have to carry that with you anymore. And yeah. man, I mean, that's, it's been interesting actually, like with, you know, we're recording this for context in uh, February of 2021 and for 2020, yes, it was a crazy fucked up year. Absolutely. But it also, for me personally, brought up a lot of, it just, this, the amount of stress, the amount of stuff happening brought up, uh, made this stuff, the negative stuff that I was dealing with so loud that I finally had to confront it. And I made real change in a certain couple of areas that I have honestly been dealing with on a lesser scale for years and years that I needed to deal with. And I am in a much healthier place now because of that work that, you know, just was months of feeling shitty, finally dealt with it. And I'm on the path to a better place now. Yeah. Good for you, man. Wow. That's, that's you know, good it was a crazy year, but like, I'm like, thank God that that happened because it, everything got so overwhelming that I finally was able to deal with some honestly bad habits that I had. I was addicted to my phone um, for years because of social media and stuff. And, uh, you know, now I'm more present 
when I'm not working because my phone stays downstairs. That's the actionable thing that I gave myself. My phone stays in my office uh, when, when the workday is done. And that's helped everything. That's helped relationships. That's helped my happiness. That's helped me turning work brain off. It's just so, so one little decision because I, it went so deep and the stress was so much that it needed to be dealt with, uh, that it just, it ballooned everywhere and I'm I'd say, a way better place. Yeah. And, and by the way, that's why I didn't say this, this name of this podcast is what it is. Fear is your friend. Pain is your friend too. And it's, yeah. That's a hard thing to say, especially if you actually know what it means to be through pain, which I think both of us do, real pain in your life, then that's a hard thing to say because it means you also face times in your life where you're overwhelmed with that pain, where the pain is not a fun feeling. You just want to get rid of it. Right. I think it's the source of our wisdom, but I think it's one way to break it down is that pain will never exist in a vacuum. It will always be connected to something we'll call negative emotion. And the way I see it, the way I break that down is that the emotion is the communication to you, what you need to hear to receive yeah. that wisdom. Of, of It's the most rational, smartest way of fulfilling the need of that part of yourself. And then the pain is paired with it. It's kind. Of, I see it as like, you know, like a mafia style. It's like the muscle. It's It gives you the energy and motivation for you to listen to that communication. And I think mm-hmm. that's exactly what you said in your life, that you said that you felt like the pain got you to take action in your life. And I think that is the purpose. That is the 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 godly love that he gives the, or the tough love or whatever you want to understand it the gift of um us to be able to access those parts of ourselves through through our suffering because that's really the only as as humans as you know as the creatures that we are really i mean and you see this in marketing all over the place it's maybe not the, the best form of marketing the pain point stuff but like we only change we only really make real changes when there's enough pain to make it actually happen. Cause if we can deal with a fair amount, but like, if it just gets overwhelming, then you make the change. Yeah. Then you're like, I can't deal with this. This is insane. I have to, I have to change something. So I actually think there's another way though. I think there's one, there's another way to make create change. I think it's through love. Mm. I think that you, if you look at some biblical verses, you'll find that God's first approach to us is he showers us with a bounty. And then Later, it says, if you don't listen to my voice, then he gives us suffering. He makes us suffer through starvation, um, you know, our economy collapses, whatever the problems that we face, our enemies turn on us. And I think the reason for that is because the first approach is that if you take this approach as fear as being your friend and all these voices as your friends, the reason, the motivation to listen to them, you don't need pain to be the muscle guy to kind of force you to listen to these voices. You want to listen to them because you love them. They, it's your buddies. Do you, you can either hang out with your buddies because your parents make you, or you could hang out because they're, otherwise they're not going to pay for your college, whatever it is. They're not going to give you your car, whatever it is. Or you listen to, you hang out with them because you enjoy being their company. You respect them. You understand if they're telling you something that you don't want to hear, it's because they have your best interests at heart and you still will listen to it anyway. Yeah. Whether you listen to their direct advice or not, you always want to hear what they have to say because you you trust that where they're coming from is in such a good place. So I think that listening to these these voices, we should if you adopt this approach of fear fear as your friend and all these voices as your friend, you don't need as much pain in order to encourage you. You don't need to reach that overwhelming threshold in order right. to get there. Maybe you need a little bit, maybe somewhat. I think it's always going to be a mix of both. But if you have more love, then I think you need less pain for you to integrate those voices. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's just, that's just kind of working towards or even starting out with a, 
better relationship with yourself. Like the better your the better relationship you are with yourself, the more understanding you are of, you know, all the different things that happen in life and that it's for you and that it's, you know, that's kind of the, the for me, like manifestation stuff. It's like you put, you put energy out and it comes back. Everything generally is for you to make what you want with it and for you to improve and for you to, you know, achieve all your dreams. Um, so there's nothing, I, I mean, yeah, nothing being against you. It's just, yeah, I, that's, I mean, it brings up the, uh, the lyric from one of my favorite song lyrics is, um, I never win or lose. I only win or learn. I love that. Cause the only, the only losing means you give up. If you keep going, you learned and you became more, you have more wisdom and you were able to move past it. It's a speed bump, not a wall. And yeah. I would say, I would say it a little differently. I would say you either learn or learn. Yeah. 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 Right. There's much more to learn from actually from winning than there is from losing. Because I think it's more it's more um, productive for you to know what works than to know what doesn't work. Sure. Yeah, like, I mean, of course, obviously, yeah. Because if you if you you know what works, you want more of that and keep going in that direction, versus the you know classic like throw spaghetti at a wall to see what all the stuff that doesn't work. Uh, yeah. Which is, you know, it's just it's more like specific and. Uh, it's like the the sniper rifle versus the shotgun, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Man, this is I, I knew this was gonna be cool, but like we really I love this because it's mostly about like marketing or tactics or strategy, and this was just like let's dive into psychology. Which if I had time to uh, dive into in college, I would have, but I didn't have I didn't have enough. Uh, uh, I, I had well, it's funny because I didn't actually finish my degree, but I have nine tenths of a film degree and uh if i had had a little bit more money to play with in college i would have totally minored in psychology because this is all fascinating to me nice yeah (laughs) Yeah, so you're i mean thank you this has been awesome where what do you have going on where can people find you what uh do you have any kind of free gifts or anything like that for the audience absolutely yes um I can offer your audience, anyone, um, a free preview of my Fox coaching course. Um, to get it, just email me at results at coachbensonfox.com. Uh, check out my website. There's tons of free gifts just on the on the website itself. You could just get a lot of these these types of podcasts. Like with Noah is on it, go to the content section. There's about 50 of my original quotes, um, about 25 different articles there. Um, yeah, I think my program is an awesome program where I help people. If this modality resonated with you of this parallel process of the processing work and the functionality, then I, I suggest giving us a try. We also offer, um, individual group and a video course, which nice. is something all for one price, which is honestly less than what the average, um, program like this would, would cost or anything close to that. So you're getting the full value. It's an awesome group right now. We 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 so you're getting two hours of time with me every week, plus um, over 20 videos, 20 quizzes in my, my in my approach, which I give you my psychology doctoral education for a teeny 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 fraction of what I'm paying for it. Yeah, and I bet. <laughs> yeah. So go to Coach. <laughs> it's one of the beauties of the online course thing is is it's the college education for a fraction of the college cost. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you had that. Where did where should they go for that? 
Yeah, go to coachbensonfox.com, email me at results, plural, results at coachbensonfox.com to get to get the free course preview and to set up also a free, I offer any of your listeners, I'll offer you them a free video um, consultation to see if we're a good fit for each other, if we could both find a way to commit to your results. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And I actually have a new thing. If you want to keep this uh, a new kind of uh, extra tool for this audience on my end. Uh, if you really thought this conversation was cool and uh, you somehow can't access that, uh, I have a new community texting platform that I will be giving out, A, keeping this conversation going, and B, uh, giving out the direct link to everything that Benson just mentioned. Uh, text me at, and we can, uh, and use the, key, let's see, what what keyword should we use? What what should people text to uh, to access all this stuff uh, fear is our friend fear is our friend i love it text fear is our friend to that number and uh we'll keep this going and i'll get you uh in touch with uh coach benson fox and uh, he can help you to move past your own stuff and and make friends with it and and get to a healthier place thank you so much for coming on the show and uh yeah man this has been a total blast yeah same a total blast um thank you so much for having me absolutely And for everybody out there, uh, I hope this helped you put yourself in the right mindset and and, and relationship with yourself to get to a point where you can create fully and freely and uh, have a happier life. And I will see you next time.